0: Scott Harrison was one of those kids you knew as the good Christian kid. You know, he played piano at church, never swore, never smoked, never drank alcohol, until he was 18 years old. And when he turned 18, he joined a rock band and wanted to go to New York. By the time they got to New York, they broke up because they hated each other. And so Scott was looking for a new job. And so he got a job as a club promoter. What he would do as a club promoter is that he would bring the most beautiful people into the most luxurious clubs. By doing so, he could charge $500 for, for example, a $30 bottle of champagne. In fact, Bacardi and Budweiser were each paying him $5,000 a month just to drink in public. And so he said, This is the life. Not only do I get to drink for free, I get to get paid to drink. And so, He acquired basically every vice he could acquire living the nightlife. He did basically every drug. He'd go to bed at 12 p.m. in the afternoon. But he had all the things he thought he wanted in life. A grand piano, a Rolex, a girlfriend who was a fashion model, and a Labrador. And he lived like this for 10 years, until one day he realized that he couldn't feel his body. It felt like it was numb. And he went to the doctor to ask to see if there was anything wrong. But the doctor could not see anything wrong with him because he did not reveal to the doctor that he was doing all these things. And finally, in a party in South America, it was like a week long party, he realized that he was in a living hell. He was morally bankrupt, spiritually bankrupt, emotionally bankrupt. He wanted everything in the music to stop, and he knew something had to change. You know, over these past two years, I've spoken about many things, about the kingdom of God, about who Jesus is, about love, about joy, about having no fear. But today, the scriptures are inviting us to reflect on the reality of hell. And when I say the word hell, even that word itself makes us uncomfortable. And this is the teaching of Jesus, though. And Jesus does it out of love. You see, when we hear the word hell, it evokes judgment and fear, but that's not my intention at all. See, one of my favorite hikes, is uh, Yamnuska. Yamnuska, is the, that giant mountain sticking out on Highway 1 as you walk by, as you drive by before you hit the Rockies. And the ascent is beautiful, but my favorite part is the descent, because as you're going down, there's lots of shale, all this loose rock. So one of the things I like to do is I like to run down. The other thing I like to do as well, I can, I like to moonwalk backwards down too. Or the other thing, one of my favorite things to do is kind of run and do like a hulk jump, and then land like 10 feet from where I'd started. So it's super fun. And when I was doing it with my friends, we. Passed the trail. We we were having so much fun that we passed the cutoff. and so we kept going. So instead of walking back up, we thought, well, maybe we should just cut across and we'll eventually hit the trail. So after an hour of cutting to the trail, we were basically bushwhacking. We were lost, and to make it worse, it was raining as well. And as we were walking around, I saw that there's these fragments of large stone kind of everywhere. We thought it was kind of weird, but we kept going and eventually we saw this barbed wire with a sign that was on the other side. So then we hopped over the barbed wire fence and then the sign read, Danger, Dynamite Zone. So my brothers and sisters, if I never spoke about hell, it would be akin to allowing you to walk in the dynamite zone unwillingly and unknowingly. You know, this is a difficult teaching. You know, even the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons, they've removed the doctrine of hell from their teachings. But for us as Christians, if you think about it logically, if there's no hell, then what is Jesus saving us from? Jesus came to save us. And Jesus clearly speaks about hell in the Gospel today. He says, It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands, and to go to hell. You see, the word hell comes from the Greek word Gehenna. And Gehenna means, Gehenna means the land of Hinon. And the land of Hinon was this place, the Israelites believed was in a place of demonic activity because many of the residents prior to where they had been were offering child sacrifice there. And so what the Israelites would do is they would bring their garbage to this land of Hinon, and then they would burn their garbage there. So when Jesus said, Gehenna, for the Israelites, there's this place of burning garbage. It definitely wasn't a pleasant place. And so Jesus was using this, of course, as a metaphor, not for the literal reality, but for the spiritual reality of hell. You see, this might seem counterintuitive, but hell exists because of God's love exists because of God's love and what I mean by that is God desires for us to be in a relationship with him and so in order for us to be in a relationship with him he gives us free will and so he gives us His free will so that we can freely choose him also we can freely reject him because God knows that without freedom there is no love and God respects our freedom so much that he allows us even to reject him, right? He doesn't just blast us out of existence when we don't choose him. And you see, one of the chief pains of hell is the separation from God. You see, God is not just one good among many. He is the ultimate good. You know, when I speak about heaven, I tell people, okay, think about your happiest memory. And then multiply that by 300,000. Then I say, heaven, is, is that 300,000 that, 300, that you multiplied by, that's just a drop in the ocean of the beauty of God's presence. And so when we reject God, we lose that, that beauty, that joy, that happiness for which we were created. And so hell is something that we choose. That's why the Catechism says that it's a state of self-exclusion. Some people say that the gates of hell are locked from the inside. And so C.F. Lewis says it beautifully. He says that there are two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it. And so, my brothers and sisters, I want, you, I want to warn you of the path that leads to this place. And the way that we can avoid it is by avoiding mortal sin. Mortal sin is the dynamite zone that leads us to this place. And we know the distinction between mortal and venial sin, right? Mortal is grievous sin, venial sin is lesser sin, right? And there are three conditions in order to have committed a mortal sin. You have to have full knowledge that you're doing this. You have to have full freedom, full consent. And it also has to be grave matter. And if you want, you can look up what are the mortal sins, but that's for a different homily. But Jesus is pleading with us. If If you listen to the gospel carefully, you can hear him pleading with us. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off, because it's better to enter life with one hand than to have two hands and go to hell. And he's not saying, again, he's speaking hyperbolically, but he's not saying to amputate our limbs, but he wants us to amputate those things in our life which cause us to sin. And so if I was to translate what he said for us today, if Netflix causes you to sin, cancel your subscription. It's better to go into heaven without Netflix than to have Netflix and go to hell, right? If your phone causes you to sin, sell it, get a different phone, delete the app, put filter on it, because it's better to go into heaven without a phone than to have a phone and go to eternal punishment. Jesus is calling each and every one of us to a radical conversion That if anything was to get in the way of our love for Him, He's inviting us to let it go. Because heaven is so much greater. We were made for more. You see, my brothers and sisters, Jesus' teaching on hell is not meant to paralyze us in fear. It's meant to invite us to abandon ourselves to the mercy of God. St. Faustina reminds us in her diary, Jesus speaks to her. Jesus says, Let the greatest sinners place their trust in my mercy. You know, one of the greatest joys I have as a priest is to hear people's confession to free them of their mortal sins. Because I know in my life, I needed that as well. In this repentance to which we are all called to, at the end of the day, this Jesus teaching reminds us that we are made for more that we can do more with our lives. You know, after 10 years of living according to the lies of the world, Scott Harrison knew he was made for something more than this living hell that he was in. And so he said to himself, what if I lived exactly the opposite of the way I was living now? And so what he did was he sold all his DVDs, all his stuff, he sold all his drugs, He stopped doing the impure things that he was doing. And he began, instead of serving himself, he began to serve others. And so he signed up to volunteer. And not only volunteer, he had to pay $500 a month to volunteer in Liberia. And he was on this ship called the Mercy Ship. There's a bunch of these doctors who travel all over the world doing facial surgeries for those who cannot afford it. And this was something that he was able to promote. And so one day as he opened the doors of this boat, you know, they had rented out basically a soccer stadium. They were able to help 1,500 people. But when he opened the door of that boat, he saw 5,000 people. And he wept because he knew that they would have to turn away 3,500 people. And so eventually he started going into the towns and talking to the locals. And then something shocked him. He saw this little kid drinking what was basically swamp water. Imagine your child drinking water that was brown with snails and slugs and worms, and so he started. It clicked in his mind: all these people are sick because they're drinking this type of water. And so what he did was he started a company. Now he wasn't a club promoter; now he was a promoter of clean water, and he started a company. You might have seen it on YouTube. It's called Charity Water, and since its inception till now, he's raised over three hundred he's changed his own life and he has helped over 11 million people throughout the world to get clean water you know this drunkard this club promoter on the pathway to hell changed his life because he said what if my life was exactly the opposite and he abandoned himself to the mercy of God and began to change the world And so, my brothers and sisters, this teaching today is difficult. It's not easy. It's inviting us to repent, to change, but to abandon ourselves to the mercy of God who never turns us away, but also reminds us that we were made for something more. And that's the beauty of heaven. And so, my brothers and sisters, what Scott asked himself, I ask you and myself today. What if my life was exactly the opposite of the way it is now?